Good morning and welcome to Sips of Sanity. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. We're on day five of growth mindset for the month of April. We've discussed relationships, education. We've discussed the way that you address people with pronouns, um, all kinds of things to open up the way that you think about how you behave. And did you just say and think, Kelly? Think and behave? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm a little bit on a delay then. (laughs) Okay. Because I'm trying so hard all the time now to think of my mindset. I'm always trying to be conscious, but apparently I gapped in a big way. (laughs) Am I listening? Am I thinking? Am I ready to behave? Am I reacting or acting? It's a constant in your head until it becomes so routine that you are excellent at this. Well, and I think it's good that people just saw my own little brain fart there because it does require work. Yes. It does require intention to want to change yourself. And the purpose in changing yourself is so that your emotions are different and your experiences are different. Mm -hmm. Okay. So big topic today. We left it to the end for a reason. We're discussing growth mindset in terms of science and medicine. Yes. I can begin that just in the sense of in doing research for this. And I think basically over the last 10 to 15 years of my life where the career went in this type of direction... Mm -hmm. It hits us in particular, well, might hit other people in particular too. I'm just referencing my own experience, but it has hit me in a big way when people say, I don't believe in what you do. I'm Mm science-based. And that to me is a statement right there saying, I have a fixed mindset and I'm here with that fixed mindset. Let's see what you can do. That's um, an aggressive challenge. And to me, that's not... Some people think that that's a place of, well, I'm here because I'm saying I'm open, but I'm telling you I'm not. So what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. And it it becomes where they're saying, this is your job, not mine. And I find it interesting because a lot of people who say they need proof or use the the argument that they're science-based, really it only means that I've read about someone who told me what to believe. It's not that they've been there firsthand to experience what they're calling proof. It's just that someone said, this is what you should believe. Exactly. And they get stuck in that. And that becomes the way that they experience a life instead of a growth mindset to say, does that make sense? Does that reflect the experiences I'm having? So if I have my own experience of intuitiveness, which we know every single human being has intuitiveness, then if I'm experiencing it, In this closed mindset or fixed mindset, I have to shut down, dismiss, throw out, devalue all the connectivity that I could possibly feel. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go back to you said, does this make sense? And I've gotten in the habit of asking the question, does this make sense in my heart center? And I don't mean that to sound cliche or fluffy. It's just that a lot of sense, oftentimes it doesn't make sense to the mathematical brain, the cause and effect brain. It makes sense in a feeling. Well, and if you look at a whole lot of mindsets other than just science, like military, you have to shut down the heart center in order to do the things that the group, if you want to say science is a group or whatever, medicine or military or whatever it is, They want you to shut down certain thoughts and beliefs and certain emotions and the heart so that you believe in their mindset. So let's jump into the specifics of science and medicine with different examples. 
one of the first things I want to pick on is studies and who they're funded by. Because if you haven't gone through a university degree where you've studied a particular discipline, then you haven't gone through the kind of metrics that they ask you to work through to understand how do I look for who funded this study? How do I look to see who, who put the money into it and who wanted the answers that came from this study? I learned that perfectly working with naturopathic doctors that educated me to say that very thing. Here's where science or medicine is saying this drug is the thing that deals with this issue, medical issue, depression, antidepressants, but that is funded by who? The study was funded by the pharmaceutical company mm -hmm. that said that drug was the only thing that helped depression. And this is something else that I didn't learn until later in life. I would see a study that was funded by Nestle and I would think, oh, neat, they have nothing to do with drugs. But when you go and research different companies, they are typically owned by one of a couple companies in the entire world. Correct. So there needed to be more digging. And that's where we start to understand what bias is. Exactly. And control. I understand you're saying bias yep. is control. Mm -hmm. So Nestle might be oh, a company that owns products that create issues in health with sugar. Yep. And they fund studies based on certain aspects or drugs that control diabetes. Mm -hmm. So they feed you the sugar and then they give you the drug for diabetes. Right. Okay. It's, and, and I loved when I was studying health, me like health medicine within the psychology discipline mm -hmm. because they just referred to the whole system as a business. Yes. It's not actually a medical facility. It's not actually a medical, let's help you get better. It's return business that they're interested in. Now, we're, today we're talking about medicine doing this. So this is largely to do, let's clarify, with Northwestern medicine. Because there are medicines all over the world that aren't interested in return business. They're interested in actually healing the body, the brain, and the soul. Yeah, and I find it interesting that we actually refer to that as business. Like, I think that's so messed up to be able to say that we put unhealthy businesses in the category of business with the businesses who don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And so we really do have to have that open mindset to be able to pull out of that the ones that are healthy and the ones that aren't. Mm -hmm. And and we've had people, you know, attack us through social media and say, well, how, how are you making a business out of people's pain? How are you making a business out of what someone else can't do for themselves in terms of channeling? And the difference being, because I'm not going to get into huge defense here, is we're not saying you need to come back in a week. You need to come back for six weeks. You need to come back for this. It's We often say to people when they leave, you'll know, you'll feel it. Come back when you're searching for different answers. There isn't, there isn't a timestamp on it. It's not detrimental to your health and your well-being. It's something that can add to your life. Well, I think too, Kelly, often I hear people say, I knew it was time to come back because I kept dreaming about you or I kept hearing your name. Or I kept running into you. or And this is even for people who live in other countries. I don't mean people that just live in North Bay. And you can run into us at the local grocery store. I mean that they're saying that our name pops up. That's open and growth mindset. Mm -hmm. On a whole gorgeous level that has integrity to it. I think it's important to point out that when you have a growth mindset, 
You're the one that's responsible to research. You're the one that's responsible to dig and to find out what's valid and what isn't. To ask questions. Ask questions and open questions. Not approaching something and saying that you're open when you're actually not, when you're looking for the proof from the person. Done extensive research in science in terms of energy healing and into quantum physics to be able to, quote, unquote, prove to people that the energy healing is valid. So I spent like a good eight years, at least, researching through physicists and quantum physics and all kinds of science-based modalities in search of vocabulary to be able to explain to people what I do. And I found in that process, Kelly, that I felt often excited about learning about it because it gave me validations about the energy healing. But I found sometimes too that I had to be able to balance that with enjoying the magic of it. Enjoying that this is a human experience. It's not a science experience. That science proving it is just that. It's just proving my human experience. And sometimes, quite often, In North America, it's so far behind what we are capable of doing. So a good example is, for years, I used to say to people, I feel what you feel. If you have a sore hip, I'll have a sore hip. I had to explain it that way because I didn't have the vocabulary to say, I have mere touch synesthesia. And I watched the behavior in people at the beginning when I would say, I feel what you feel. And I would prove it to them. I'd actually say, so you're sore here behind your left knee. And they'd go, yeah, that's really cool. And I'd watch the expression on their face, the feeling, the relief they had that somebody was connecting. And I remember loving the fact that you and I can connect with them so deeply. Mm -hmm. The relief that a person can feel emotionally and intellectually to know that somebody else is connecting to them by proving it and just saying, I know where you hurt. And then the joy that I felt to find out the name of it. Two separate things, and I want to say something. The joy that I get in knowing that it's called mirror touch synesthesia can't hold a candle to the joy that I feel in the connectivity. Mm -hmm. So science is okay. I'll say it's not even really the icing on the cake. It was, it's a means to an end to explain something, but by no way did it ever replace or give me more gratitude or more joy than actually connecting to another person or another animal. Which I think, and I hope, maybe I should say, I hope that is what scientists feel when they get the discovery, Mm -hmm. when they get the proof that they're looking for. I hope they feel as much joy as we do in the moment that we're living it day to day. Me too, because I hope that what they're doing in saying that they can prove it medically and say that an MRI can prove it, a CAT scan can prove mere touch synesthesia in the hopes of if we can say that we can medically prove it, scientifically prove it, then can people believe Kelly and Karen when they say it? Can they trust them? So do we wait? There are humans that wait for that moment that if science proves it, now I can trust them. But I want to say that there were always people before that, that trusted it anyway. And that's where I want to go back to the comment of does it make sense in my heart? Because oftentimes there is that click feeling, however you want to refer to it, where it's just like, oh, yes, that's it. 
Yeah. And I know too, so many times I'll see, you know, titles of articles pop up on Facebook that are proving what we do. And it's like just this tiny moment of, oh, that's good. They're catching up. Yeah. And I, like I, I'm trying to say, sometimes I can be happy about that because then I know that it's going to open the door to more people trusting and loving and opening up their heart to healing in different ways and to each other just as people. So that if your son or daughter has this, but they're not trying to heal people with it, they're just trying to live their own lives as a mechanic or a carpenter or something else in their lives, they work at Walmart or whatever, that we can be open to them as well. Mm-hmm. So I know just want to kind of wrap it all up because this is this is day five and, and we're ending growth mindset in terms of medicine and science is for you, like we said, to be able to ask questions, to do the digging, to look outside of just an, a regular family MD and ask yourself, in what way can I help myself with nutrition, with lifestyle, with different ways of solving a medical issue? Yeah. Medical meaning that it can be in your brain or other places in your body too. And that you may have answers that doctors don't and your friends and your neighbors may other people may so can you be open to that good mm-hmm. I'm glad that, that science does catch up to us I'm glad that it does because I want to be able to see them in a growth mindset as always on the same side as us mm-hmm. and that they're not against what we do no because if you go right back to fundamentals when you put someone in an SK or JK classroom we identify that we learn differently. So if we are the synesthetic learners and they are the kinesthetic learners and there are the people who read about it and go, yep, I accept because I heard it and it sounds perfect, then yeah, we're all learning in different ways. Mm-hmm. Okay. And with the growth mindset, hopefully we're all on that same page together instead of fighting each other. And like the beginning of the podcast, maybe just slightly delayed. <laughs> okay. If you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, we have a brand new Coffee with the Sarlos episode out tomorrow morning.